Welcome to my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond, and it's your host, Dr. Vignesh Devraj. Today, the guest that I'm interviewing is Colette Kent, and she's someone who does an online Ayurveda coaching and consultation. Her online portal is called as Elements Healing and Wellbeing, and she also runs a fantastic podcast with a lot of insights from a lot of healers from around the world and also people who are passionate, not just with Ayurveda and also with alternative integrative healing therapies. Her podcast name is Elements of Ayurveda, and it is available in iTunes, Spotify, and all the podcast platforms. And one thing that I resonate with what the the mission of Colette is, Colette believes that life is a journey of self-realization, and this journey begins with a self-study to understand your unique mind-body type. Colette's passion is to educate and empower others to take charge of their health and well-being so that they can connect to their true nature and thrive in life. And today I'm interviewing Colette to understand the power of healthy habits. In Ayurveda, we call it Dinacharya. The word Dina means daily and Charya means rituals. And the word ritual, I would like to say, ritual is the most close English translation that you can have for the word Charya. Charya is a very powerful word. And the word ritual literally means you are saying goodbye to your old pattern and accepting something new. And it is so important for us to keep on accepting something new. That is what makes us alive. Being alive means we are being renewed every moment. And today we are talking about the powers of healthy habits as mentioned in Ayurveda. Welcome, Colette. Thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. Dr. Vignesh, thank you for having me. It's truly an honor. So, Colette, how is your life so far with the coronavirus? I hope you're keeping well and safe and healthy, and also your loved ones are keeping health, keeping well. I am keeping very well, thank you. I currently live in the south of France. Um, of course, France had some high outbreaks in the south. It wasn't so bad. Um, I'm very fortunate that I work online and I work from home, so I was able to continue working. And my family are all in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And my parents are cocooning, as they call the Irish government asked all elderly people to do. I love that they use that word, cocooning. Uh-huh. And uh, and my family are very well. Thank you for asking. That's, uh, I mean, when I see what people are going through, so what we mm-hmm. now say is the greatest profit that we made this year is our own life and health. Yes, indeed. So, Colette, as a Westerner, what got you so passionate about Ayurveda in the first place? Well, it was quite the journey, mm-hmm. and Ayurveda saved me. I was in the health and fitness industry for many years, and I was very passionate about sport, and I did a lot of competitive sport and a lot of endurance sport, like triathlon and ended up doing Ironman, which is a, you know long events that take... 12 hours and so on. So I was putting a lot of stress on my body. Mm -hmm. And I also had a yoga and fitness studio here in France that I ran. So I was not only doing a lot of sport in my own life, but I was teaching a lot of classes during the day, fitness classes and yoga. And then I had a lot of personal training clients. So my whole day was full of activity and full of movement and exercise. And unfortunately, I pushed my body to a point of stress and burnout. 
uh, you know, I, I went to Western doctors and they couldn't figure out what was going on. I had several different symptoms physically and mentally. And, you know, my doctor suggested, you know, that maybe I was exercising too much. And of course, I wasn't in a place to hear that. So <laughs> this burnout resulted in me wanting to just take a break. I took a break away from everything. I knew that something needed to change. And I actually ended up um, going traveling for a while. I kind of went through this whole spiritual shift and <laughs> sold everything and went off with my backpack traveling. And yeah, I just really needed a change in my life. So I took off and ended up in Bali and you know bali is the island of the gods mm -hmm. and uh i was looking for a cleanse to i felt like i had cleansed a lot of physical stuff out of my life so i wanted to cleanse internally but i didn't want the you know typical juice cleanse and so on i wanted something in depth so ayurveda was recommended to me i had come across ayurveda in early 2000 when i did my yoga studies in new york mm -hmm. but i had never really studied it in depth so it read ayurveda I, I knew of it and then i went to see an ayurvedic uh doctor there in bali mm -hmm. and that changed my life i went there for the first time somebody under uh, told me you know and, and explained to me my mind body type um and then i was recommended that i undergo a panjakarma Mm -hmm. And I did that. And through that process, it was like light bulbs and aha moments going off as to what was happening with me, you know, my tendencies in life, my patterns of imbalance and so on. And for the first time, I felt like I really understood myself. And therefore, from that time that I underwent that healing process of Panchakarma, which healed my burnout and from that moment, things change. You know, I, personally, I was mm -hmm. healed and professionally, I said, this is what I want to incorporate into my work. This is the, like, the missing link. And uh, that was it. And then from there, I stayed on and studied with the, that doctor at the Ayurvedic clinic in, in Ubud in Bali for a year. And um, it was an amazing experience. It sounds like your healing brought out the healer in you. Absolutely. That happens a lot, right? We have to go through our own healing process to really understand it. Exactly. I see this in a lot of great healers. They tell that after they went through some, their own health issues, and when they underwent this transformation, they felt, this is my mission for life. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ayurveda, it just resonated with me so much. It's so logical. It's the depth of wisdom it, it, on every level. Mm -hmm. It resonated with me and I was, you know, just wanted, had such a passion then to share this with the world. It's like, why didn't I learn about this earlier? And so I wanted to share it with others. That's fantastic. I'm so looking forward for all the insights you're going to share in this podcast. <laughs> well, and all it, from the wisdom of Ayurveda. Exactly. I think our duty is, um, as doctors today, and Ayurvedic doctors today, our duty is to simplify the message mentioned in Ayurveda for the modern society's uh, corporate level life. I agree. Absolutely. It's to digest it and to help people assimilate this wonderful wisdom into their own lives today and to meet people where they are and to incorporate this, this wonderful wisdom from Ayurveda in a way that's um, not overwhelming to people and mm -hmm. that they can 
incorporated in so that they can feel the benefits of it in their own life. So let's talk about the dinacharya, the healthy habits that you help people get into. Like, what, uh, what are the healthy habits that are like the priorities? There's no way you can compromise on these habits. These will be your foundation. So what are these priority habits that you teach your patients that come to you? Well, Ayurveda helps us to understand that it is a priority to live in tune with nature and to connect to nature. And that's connecting with the circadian rhythms, the energies of the day. Mm-hmm. And so the dinacharya are, are simple self-care practices that are aligned with these energy cycles of the day. And Ayurveda explains to us that when we're out of alignment with nature, this is what causes imbalances in our body. Ayurveda, as you well know, is, focuses on prevention. So in order to prevent illness or disease in the body or mind, we need to help people to understand that we need to every day take actions take these rituals every day that will keep our body and mind in balance in order to prevent any imbalances of the doshas of vata, pitta, and kapha, which when imbalanced or aggravated can lead to bigger problems down the line. And so I think the impact of these daily dinacharya are huge on the body. Um, you know, they can have such an impact on, on how our body functions, on our immunity, on our body and our mind and what we do every day you know becomes our life what we eat if we exercise what time we wake up what time we go to bed these habits we have day in day out become our life and so if we're stuck in a situation with poor habits that these accumulated over time can really lead to issues in our body And so this is why I like to really emphasize the daily habits. And again, that are in tune with the circadian rhythms. You know, the first one I often deal with is getting to bed at a certain time. And that's a very important habit, especially for us nowadays when we have electricity and when we have all these devices that can really capture our attention. We have, you know, TV and Netflix and social media. And we can get lost in a vast world of entertainment and that can lead to a later and later bedtime, which in the end of the day is going to have lots of effects on our mind and body. So getting to bed is one of the biggest ones that I talk to my clients about. And I think it's one of the most important. A good night's sleep has a big impact on how your body will function the next day. That's so true. I mean, when you take the one of the most profound books on Ayurveda, like Ashtanga Hridayam, the second chapter, I mean, the first chapter is like the introduction mm-hmm. to Ayurveda, what is Ayurveda, what you can expect from Ayurveda, and what are the foundations of Ayurveda. Soon after the introduction is mentioned, the second one, they t- immediately mm-hmm. get into Dinacharya. I mean, they are not going into disease, they are not going into how to treat disease. They say that there's a profound reason why they started the second chapter with healthy habits before getting into the nitty-gritties of the causes of disease and other aspects. And uh, and the first sloka, the first mm-hmm. sutra mentioned in Dinacharya is waking up 
early at the Brahma Mohurta, which is, I mean, when you want to get up early, you have to go to sleep on time. Without that, there is no point in getting up. So I completely resonate yes. with that. Yes, yes. And in many patients mm-hmm. who can come and Yeah, say, if I start at my clients asking them to get up. Yes. I was, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that if I started with my clients asking them to get up, you know, rise before or with sunrise, mm-hmm. a lot of them wouldn't be able to do that because they're not getting to bed on time. So just to, you know, really emphasize that bedtime is so important. Exactly. I think uh, when I have uh, patients with arthritis or low energy my effort is more than prescribing the herbs. It is to convince them why it is so important to going to bed on time. And they say that I tried, I cannot get it. And I ask them, how, how long have you been trying? They, they tried for like three, four days and they say it's not working. So it's not going to work forever. So it, when you uh, handle such yeah. kind of people. Yes. And that's why. Mm. So how do you, you know, convince them? how you can get into that rhythm? What will be the baby steps you tell them to how to get into sleep on time? Right. Well, the big thing is having a nighttime ritual. Nowadays, we really need that because we're so Vata activated during our day and in our modern society that our nervous system is quite activated. And so I really think it's necessary to have a nighttime ritual. Mm -hmm. And I really... You know, I, I try to explain to clients that see it as an experiment because I think that it can be overwhelming to think that I have to do this for the rest of my life. And so I suggest to them, well, see it as an experiment. Give me a few weeks to experiment with this nighttime ritual. Mm-hmm. And I want you to feel the effects in your own body because that's the best way we learn. And that's the, how we make, you know, changes. Feeling the effect in our own body is the greatest catalyst to change. Awareness can start with you know, us educating people, mm-hmm. but then when they feel it in their own body, that is the best, the best way to convince somebody. So I think a nighttime ritual is really important. I ask people to get off their, um, you know, mobile devices at least an hour before bed, if not two hours. And it depends on the person, but at least an hour before bed to shut down the mobile devices and to start their nighttime ritual. And, you know, maybe that will be incorporating um, some creative process that they like to do, or maybe it's having, doing their Abiyanga oil massage at that time in the evening, depending on their schedule and their lifestyle. They may not have time for it in the morning. It may include some pranayama, some meditation, some light yoga, but I try to set it up to fit into each person's lifestyle to tailor it to their lifestyle and to things that they like to do so that they're seeing this hour before bed as a real luxury it's Mm -hmm. time to really pamper and take care of themselves to burn some nice essential oils to read a nice you know enlightening book so it's something that after my conversation with them i know resonates with them and that they will look forward to so seeing especially for like a busy mom who has put her children down to bed. And, you know, I'll say to her, well, then, okay, after your children are asleep, this is your time. It's the one time of the day where you're least likely to get interrupted and you really have to nurture and nourish yourself so that you can be there for your children 
and your family and so on the next day. So I really try to um, encourage them to see this time as a nurturing self-care time that's necessary for their body to calm the nervous system so that they can have a really good night's rest. And so that, you know, that pitta energy can come in at 10 p.m. when it rises and do all the internal house cleaning, digesting our food and thoughts from the day, detoxing, rejuvenating, and restoring us for the next day. And I explain to people that if we're up and active after 10 p.m., we may feel the effects of that pitta energy, which is that fiery energy, and it may give us the illusion of a second wind and we want to stay up and active, but actually we're really hampering ourselves because now our body has to divert the energy away from that internal house cleaning and give us energy because we're up and active. So I really try to educate people on why I encourage them to get into bed by 10 p.m. and have this nighttime ritual to wind down and to really have a nice self-care process at the end of the day. And I, like I said, awareness helps them understand why it's important. And then I ask them to give me a few weeks of experimenting with this so that they can feel it in their own body and feel the effects in their own life when they wake up feeling energized the next day and feeling like they have vitality in life. I like the idea of nighttime ritual because that makes it sound like it's something sacred and special. It's not like something that you do monotonously. And also mm -hmm. I like the concept when you say that give me, like yes. let's experiment yes. for a few days and let's see how it goes. This experiment is so important. I tell people, okay, I did this so long. Uh, so how about try something new? What you did was not working. So let's try something new so that they give a thought, okay, maybe I should try going to sleep early. That's, uh, I think, helping right. people, convincing exactly. them, going to bed on yeah, time. Yeah, and it's also empowering people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah, and I think it's, it's also empowering people and making them an active participant in their own healing. I think that that's an issue in modern healthcare is the, the person doesn't feel like they're a participant in their healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing about Ayurveda. Ayurveda involves, you know, the, the rogi in the act in the healing process and empowering them to take charge of their health. And that will ensure that this person goes forward understanding and feeling confident to take care of their own health and well-being. Exactly. I think that's one of our challenges, especially if the patient is someone who has been used to modern medicines. You know, they, are, they have this impression just by taking some pills, my issues should be solved. Mm. And uh, so when I ask some patients, so what are you expecting to right. improve in your health? They would say that, I'm not the one, you are the doctor, you should tell me. So the moment they say that I can understand, okay, this is going to be a challenging case. <laughs> and after this yeah, going yeah, to yeah and that is it's a big hurdle that we have to overcome yes exactly and uh, after this going to sleep on time and then what are the other habits that you put priority on when it comes to healthy habits sure well then the next one will be getting up in 
around sunrise, mm -hmm. right, in the uh, Vata time of day. And the Vata time of day is between 2 and 6 a.m. And this is a wonderful time when nature is still. It's a very auspicious time where it, it's a time that you can connect um, with the more subtle energies via yoga or meditation or pranayama the stillness in nature and this uh, stillness in the world. It's a great time to just be with your own thoughts at this time. And for you know, many people, it could be different things. Like I said, it could be mindfulness practices. It could be some creative writing or automatic writing mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to help them process thoughts or so on. But it's a great time to really just be with yourself. And it's a wonderful way to start your day grounded and to have nourished yourself first, because I think we all understand that now is that it's important to fill your own cup first before you can be there for others. Exactly. And I think doing this practice and feeling nourished and feeling that you've taken care of yourself first re means that you go out into your day feeling full, feeling more compassion and feeling more energized as well. Mm -hmm. I think waking up early in the morning, it is known that there was a study done on people who wake up early in the morning are more alert, more active, and their tendency to get into depression or anxiety is way less compared mm -hmm. to people who are waking up early in the morning. And that's why it is mentioned. That is the first yeah. habit that is mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And just... Yes, Kulit, I mm -hmm. think you're having a connection. Absolutely. And just for people to understand with the circadian rhythms that there's a delay, is there? Yes, yes, there's a delay, but go ahead, go ahead, continue. So, sorry, it means some extra editing. <laughs> no issues, go ahead. Uh, yes, but... Uh, Okay. Yes, I think it's you know good for people to understand the circadian rhythms and just uh, to explain to people a little bit here that at 6 a.m. the kapha energy rises. So the, the vata energy, as I mentioned a moment ago, is from 2 to 6 a.m. And then the vata energy subsides around 6 a.m. And this is when the kapha energy rises from 6 to 10 a.m. Now this kapha energy, kapha is a heavy energy, it's the earth and water elements, it's, it's static energy. This is a great energy to provide us with a foundation, a strong foundation from which we can be active. However, if we're sleeping in till 7, 8 a.m., we're going to take on these qualities of that kapha dosha, as is the macrocosm, so is the microcosm. We're going to take on these heavy qualities, and that can lead us to feeling heavy and sluggish and foggy minded in our day, particularly if we have a high kapha constitution or if we have a kapha imbalance. So I just want people to be aware of why it's important to get up early, just the same way as it's important to get to bed early. And, you know, my clients, when they start waking up earlier, they, like you were saying, they feel so much more energized. They feel more alert. They feel like they're sharper in their mind, lighter in their body. And so, you know, these energies of the circadian rhythms have a huge impact on our body and mind. I wish many people hear this. And this is more important than many vaccination that we are worried about. Yes. Absolutely. But, but this is, time, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not discounting the vaccination, but what I'm saying is 
that's a controversial topic but at the same, what i'm saying is waking up early in the morning with a sound sleep is so profound for our whole energy the mind our good emotions our awareness including our digestion our metabolism our immunity the overall vitality is coming when we have a good sleep and waking up early in the morning right and how simple are these rituals exactly uh, these are the basic ones in every every great teacher when you go and ask them what is the thing that i need to focus on they all tell get back to your basics yeah yeah we just need to align with nature exactly and colleague were you saying something that i interrupted i think because of the delay um no but i can continue on with more yes um, i would i would like to i'd like to hear some rituals yeah. if you want more dinatari yes, yes exactly i would love to hear more about the rituals that you advocate in your people sure okay absolutely uh so like i said earlier the dinacharya i prescribe to people are very much dependent on their lifestyle on their constitution um i really like i said want to make sure that they fit into a person's life rather than going against you know their their normal ways of living and eating and causing stress so and after waking up early i you know i ask people to hydrate mm. and that's really important in drinking um warm water um, for some people that may have some lemon or lime or fresh ginger in there um very important to hydrate and that, of course that will aid with elimination as well mm -hmm. um in ayurveda it's recommended you know scraping your tongue in the morning that's another thing making sure that we're keeping an eye on that ama layer on the tongue in the morning and and checking in what's going on in the body um then of course there's the exercise depending on what time of day that suits a person what time you know depending on their schedule um but a daily exercise is very important and then that of course is tailored to each uh, dosha type we different types of exercise recommended for different constitutions mm -hmm. um i mentioned earlier the abhyanga oil massage again a, a beautiful way of anointing oil onto the body that ayurveda recommends and i love that oil you know it's called sneha in sanskrit and it also means love and i think that's important and i explain that to my clients that you know it's not just to see it as putting oil you know oil on the body but also giving yourself some some love giving yourself some attention maybe um saying some nice um affirmations or mantras to yourself as you're doing this uh, daily oil massage and again the oil is is tailored to each different constitution type but i think that's a very important process the the skin being the largest organ it's a beautiful way of getting this healing oil into the body and you know oil is sacred in ayurveda and it's used a lot in the healing process and i think oil is something to in today's world where we're like i said many of us are vata activated because of our always on go go society so oil has this wonderful way of calming the nervous system of lubricating and nourishing our cells and tissues and i think that's a very important um a very important dinacharya to be consistent with 
uh, we talk about eating, you know, the main meal when the digestive fire is strongest, and that will be in the middle of the day, anytime from 12 to 1.30, when Pitta is high in the sky, and therefore our digestive fire is influenced by that Pitta energy, and it's strongest, so eating those main heavier to heavier um, items, harder items to digest, like your heavy proteins or grains in the middle of the day. Um, another Dhinacharya I really like is having some cave time in the, in the afternoons. And the Vata energy rises again from 2 to 6 p.m. And this Vata energy is the energy of, um, of, it's like the wind energy in nature. It's the energy of movement in the body. And it causes things to stir. And this energy can activate our mind and cause it to become a little bit restless. Maybe it might increase stress or worry or anxiety. So I think having some time to decompress for a few moments, anytime within that, that Vata period of 2 to 6 p.m., taking some time maybe to do some meditation or some pranayama or some yoga or some creative work, which I think can be very meditative for many people, whether that's gardening or painting or cooking, um, any of these activities can be meditative for people. And so I do think that's a beautiful thing to try and incorporate, you know, even if you're with your children in the afternoon after school or doing some activity together, whether it's playing music or coloring or being outside in the park, whatever it is, that it's an activity that's going to ground that Vata energy. And, um, and then a, a light dinner, you know, in the evening, dinner should be a supper, you know, it should be a lighter meal. We've got used to eating a heavier meal in the end of the day, but this is quite hard on a, the digestive system, which is not as strong as it is at midday. So eating a lighter meal at the end of the day is a beautiful thing. Ideally, stopping eating before 7 p.m. so that you have plenty of time, three hours to digest before bed at 10, means that you're waking up feeling lighter. Your body has easily digested that last light meal, and you wake up feeling light and full of energy rather than feeling sluggish and foggy-minded. And, you know, really following these dinacharya is living in tune with nature. It's following the rhythms of nature, like we're talking about with these circadian rhythms. And when we are living in tune, our life will flow and our health will be, you know, will be in a good place. But if we go against these energies, then we will suffer. So it really is simple things that we can incorporate into our day to help us um, really feel balanced and in our body and mind and full of vitality. I think what we can tell the listeners is just try this for like just two weeks of your life and see how you feel the difference. Mm -hmm. And then you can decide if you need to continue. Right. I think unless you experience, you know, just by knowing in theory, it makes no sense. But once you experience yes. it, wow, that gives them that energy to move forward. And I would like to ask you about two um, two concepts that you mentioned here. One is the exercise and then about the dining out. So when you say, I mean, since you've been in fitness, I mean, there is this concept, you know, being fit and being healthier can be two different things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and today people come and say that I'm into fitness, but when we see their body, it's quite stiff and uh, they're, they're, they're not really at their best vitality or OGIS is quite low. So mm -hmm. how would you recommend, I mean, we know that in Ayurveda, it is mentioned that uh, your exercise should be half your strength. 
Mm-hmm. So how do you educate a person who is extremely into fitness? This is not something that is good for you. You have to calm down, slow down. At the same time, it is more about the right technique and it is not about intensity. How do you take it so that they really understand this concept? Right. Well, I was a poster child for that. <laughs> I was the poster <laughs> child for doing it the wrong way. So unfortunately for me, it took a burnout for mm-hmm. me to stop, even though people tried to tell me along the way, I wouldn't listen. Um, so unfortunately for many people, they'll have, you know, like we see many clients is that, you know, take something, an ill health or something or something to happen before they actually sit back and, and listen. Um, but I do think, again, education is very powerful. And mm-hmm. I, when I'm talking with people in consultations, I'm helping them to understand their constitution. And each of us has a unique constitution type. And even though we are often thought, and we have this, um, this mantra in the, in the West, like, oh, push your body, really, you know, these, now we have these ultra endurance sports. Mm. We have every time, it seems like every year this becoming harder and harder and, and we have that no pain, no gain mentality. Mm. And so you're fighting against that. Um, but I do think it's educating the client, having them start their self study and educating them on their constitution and helping them to understand that, if you are a pitta constitution, if you have a high pitta constitution and you're doing highly competitive events and you're really exerting yourself past your capacity, that that's going to have ill effects on your body. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have a, you know, a draining effect on your body. And like you said, oh, just depletion and so on. And the same that if you're a high vata constitution and you're doing a lot of excessive movement that's going to be draining on your body as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it comes down to a lot of educating people on their mind-body type. And then, like we're, like we're saying in this podcast, we can educate, but then asking them to implement it for a period of time and see for themselves. So the idea is to understand what is your... How is your body and how is it relating? How do you feel after the exercise? I think that is one of the profound feelings. If you're feeling tired after the exercise, it means you're overdoing it. But if you feel awake, alert, energized, that means you're doing it correct. Yeah, absolutely. And for someone like who's a high pitta constitution, if they're feeling frustrated or irritable or uber competitive while they're working out, that's a sign that your pitta is you know, going into overdrive. Mm-hmm. And for a Vata, if they're feeling more ungrounded, maybe lightheaded, maybe dizzy, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more spacey or drained, they hit the wall, you know, mm-hmm. they literally have to stop in place, that that's definitely a sign that they're, you know, they're gone too far. Now, Kafa, on the other hand, has a tendency to move slower. So mm-hmm. they can, they can push themselves a little bit go. more sometimes. They, won't go. <laughs> they won't go too far, I don't think. <laughs> So coffee, you can have at it. You can go for it. <laughs> they are always on the energy conservation mode. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, we can definitely take a page and learn something from kapha, the, the, the rest of us who are more vata, pitta oriented. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's no one size fits all, which is something that Ayurveda really helps us to understand. 
And you know, a lot of times in our society, we want simple things like this one diet, this one exercise is good for everybody. And that's just not true. And we see it over and over again. And so this is where, again, that self-study, you have to understand your own mind-body type, your own unique mind-body type. And for me, what better self-study is there to do than really to understand yourself so that you understand your mind and body tendencies so well that you have such confidence in making decisions in your life. And that's what it helped me. It helped me make decisions in my life because I knew my constitution intimately. I knew what my tendencies were. And I also had a lot more compassion for others because I understood the other constitution types. Mm -hmm. So it really helped my relationships, not only with myself, but with others as well. Mm -hmm. That's a profound insight. And this dining out, this is another thing. I mean, we live in a dining out culture, everyone. Mm. Let's go for the dinner. Dinner is like the most important meal of the day because breakfast and lunch, they just eat just for the sake of eating because they're busy with getting to work. And after they got to work, they are busy for the next meeting. And these two are the least neglected food. And dinner is like they eat heavy. Like now I earned the greatest dinner and they eat like there's no tomorrow. And then they feel heavy, the mucus builds up. And that's another challenge, telling people, eat early and eat light. This will make a huge impact. Yeah, and, and a big issue I come across again and again is eat, people eating at work, at their desk, at mm -hmm. their computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I constantly having conversations with, you know, for the sake of the, the short time you're eating to turn away or go outside, find a tree to sit under, or go somewhere where you can sit and eat in peace. And that's something we really need to be aware of. The energy and the environment we're in when we're eating, our food particles take on that energy. So if we're listening to the news, if we're eating in stress, if we're eating on a computer while working, it's going to affect our digestion. Um, but yes, you're correct in that Asking people to eat their main meal at the middle of the day rather than at the end of the day, that's a huge shift. I find that if people go through a cleansing process mm -hmm. and again, experiencing that for themselves, you know, in cleanses where you're eating your meal, main meal, Ayurvedic cleanse, you're eating like your kitchari in the middle of the day, and then you're having a soup for dinner, that that experiment, right? That's that going through that process really helps them feel it in their own body, the difference. And that's when the shifts come again. It's all about experiencing it in your own body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could talk until, you know, we're, we're exhausted, but until people feel it in their own body, then it resonates. And then the impact of change happens and the catalyst of change happens. In, I mean, uh, in my retreat, Sitaram Beach retreat, when people come here, there are times when we do, okay, there are some patients who come with burnout or chronic fatigue syndrome. And we don't do intensive panchakarma because their body is not strong enough to do that. And when they stay for two, three weeks, all that we do is just a basic relaxing therapies. And along with that, they connect with nature. But there is one thing that we tell them, there is no excuses. You have to make sure you're eating on time and you're going to sleep on time. This is all that we really make sure that they follow everything else. We leave it at their own uh, discretion because when they have this chronic fatigue, their decision capacity is also very weak because decision mm. makes them more stressed out. So we tell them as long as you follow this rest, everything we leave it to your freedom. 
just by following this, and we see that their energy comes back, their ability to deal with stress is getting better, their coping mechanism improves, and then they realize, oh my God, I wish I knew this earlier. It's not that they yeah. didn't know it earlier, but they were not convinced earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I really do wish we had this information at a young age. Exactly. It would save many years of hitting our head against a wall, trying to figure ourselves out or going down the wrong path. I, I do think it would be wonderful if children could learn about their constitution mm -hmm. at a young age, um, because then they would understand the differences between them and other children. There'd be less comparison. You know, there may be less bullying. There may, you know, I think it would have a big impact for children to understand this at a young age. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, even with those clients who need nurturing, rejuvenation and restoration, just making sure that they're sleeping and having their routine in their meals a day, that in itself has a huge impact. And again, I think it's important for people to understand the impact of these simple rituals. Exactly. And here we make sure that they finish their dinner not later than 7, 7.30. We, we have the dinner starting at 6.30 and by the time it's 7.30, they all have to finish. And then there is no television in the room and there is just mm -hmm. calmness. And that itself just helps them to fall asleep. And then they say after two weeks, wow, I feel so much good. And But I do the same massage back at home. I don't feel the same. It's not about the massage. It's about the whole routine that they follow for these two to three weeks that gets them back to their life. Yes, and I also think that it's very powerful to people for people to experience panchakarma in a setting where it's like a cocoon-like setting, mm -hmm. and it's you know like I experience at the Ayurvedic Center in Bali, Bali, and in your center, that it's you're being taken care of. There's exactly. none of your day-to-day -day stresses. There's no distractions. You're being told, you know, and advised on what to do. And you can really just let go. And so your nervous system is relaxed. So I think it has a really profound healing effect on the body and mind when you can take some time out. And I think everybody should experience that exactly. at least once in their life. And that's also why, because our, uh, there are some uh, scientific researchers saying that we have a limited decision capacity per day. So mm -hmm. when we finalize there are no compromise in these rituals. Like I wake up at this time, no matter what. I have my breakfast, lunch, and dinner at these times, no matter what. And then I have these kind of rituals with, where I do oil massage, I do exercise, no matter what. So when these things become automatic, you could use the rest of your decision skills in other wonderful things for your growth, for your creativity, for your passion in your, with your business. Now today what is happening is people are, oh, what time should I get up? Oh, I'm late. I have to get to the office on time and all these delay is taking a huge toll on their nervous system so that is 100 that is why dinacharya says so importantly that these are the things as long as you follow it you live young for a long long time it's so true decision fatigue is is real exactly i mean and today exactly yes yes go ahead collect no, I was going to say, and, and if you have this daily structure where you know that you have this framework to your day mm -hmm. and it, it's, such a, it's such a supportive structure and framework that you don't have to waste time or energy, like you're saying, on making these, these decisions every day. Yes, exactly. And I wish we let more of this information go to the 
people before they fall sick and realize, I know I need to get back to this. So, right. would you give some uh, examples of, you know, people that you dealt with, you know, after you incorporated them into healthy habits, the changes that happened, like one of them, that is your favorite story? Oh, okay. Um, well, I actually just had a client this week mm-hmm. who is in her late 70s and she came to me um, actually I first met her when I was living in California but we met in person there and she started incorporating she did a, a um, cleanse Ayurvedic cleanse with me and then she started incorporating these dinacharya into her life mm-hmm. and she was doing great and this was about uh, maybe a year and a half ago and she was doing wonderful she had some several health issues going on and she really felt the effects but what happened in the last six weeks maybe is really mm-hmm. wonderful so she's continued on with these genacharya over the past year and a half and really be feeling the benefits in her health mm-hmm. and then about six weeks ago and this was during the whole covid crisis in the states she had some issues with some scar tissue in her body and she needed to go in for an operation you know and being in her late 70s she was you know concerned but she went in for the operation and then we had a follow-up afterwards um, just to talk about, you know, rejuvenating processes that she could do in foods after her operation. And she was amazed. The nurses and the doctors were amazed by how strong she was before, during, and after the operation. She didn't need an, um, hardly any pain medication. She was so feeling so good. And she was telling the doctors and nurses about her dinacharya and about Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. But she really felt that this, these daily dinacharya have had a huge, profound effect on her health and well-being. And this is what gave her the strength to go through this operation and come out of it so well. The doctors and nurses were floored by her recovery. And the day I spoke to her, um, a few days ago, her the nutritionist from the hospital came and again were just so amazed by her recovery uh, you know but she had to a part of her intestine her small intestine had to be removed so that's a big operation mm-hmm. um, so yeah but she's doing amazing so that's one and another quick one i want to mention is a young um single mom mm-hmm. who had three teenage daughters and you know it's, it's a stressful life single parent three teenage children and she started incorporating these dinacharya into her life. And um, she found that not only was the huge change with her own health, but in her relationships with her children, because we designed her day so that she was taking some of that cave time when her children came home from school. So as they came in from school, she was sitting there with her cup of herbal tea and had time to communicate and talk with them. And, you know, wasn't, before she would have been trying to work while they came in and there would have been stress and a stressful atmosphere. But she took this time, she structured her day in a way to take this cave time so she could sit and chat with them. And it had a huge effect on their relationships. So, I, you know, not only on health, but on the relationships with others. I think that's beautiful. That's really marvelous. I, I, I wish more and more people who are sick listens to this so that they understand how just by changing their habits, their body's immunity will come back, their body's recovery mechanism will just get back. And soon, the result, it's actually quite easy to be healthy. You have to really fight to be unhealthy these days. 
Absolutely. Our body is, you know, is designed to, to be a great, wonderful healing machine. We just needed to give it, give, give it the right, <clears throat> excuse me, the right environment exactly. to heal. Thank you so much, Colette. And how can people find more of your work? Well, thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, my website is elementshealingandwellbeing.com. Yes. And the podcast is Elements of Ayurveda. And on my website, you'll find I do online consultations. I do um, online at-home Ayurvedic cleanses. And I have my Daily Habits for Holistic Health course, which is an online course to help people implement these daily habits and educate them around it. So. That's fantastic. There's I will I will write about the I will write about your website address and uh, Instagram uh, also in the description of oh, this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Colette. It was really wonderful having this conversation. I hope people benefit from this. And those of you listeners, please do subscribe and share if you find this interesting. Thank you so much, Colette. Thank you very much, Dr. Vinyesh. I really appreciate it.